0: while we know we have a long list of headmates we do know about we know for a fact there's a whole world we don't in our in our system
1: yeah if my audio is mediocre i'm sorry i don't know how to fix that i'm using my little earbuds today and if they die good luck everyone content warnings for this episode include mental health dysphoria medical neglect and bullying
2: Jennifer would like to acknowledge the Indigenous peoples and unceded lands that the producers, hosts, and guests live and have dwelt upon. Today we honour the Coast Salish The Algonquin, Mohawk, and Anishinaabewaki peoples Luciano, We honour the elders, the human, plant, and animal ancestors of these lands, and celebrate the living descendants of these peoples. May all beings send these lands for the goodness of the next seven generations and beyond.
3: Hi, hey, folks welcome to genderful a talk show interviewing gender diverse people about their special interests hi i'm gender Master, and my pronouns are they them hi i'm miranda katita and my pronouns are she her The focus of our show is to interview trans, non-binary, agender, two-spirit, and gender diverse people regarding their special interests, passion projects, and resources for the gender diverse community.
2: We want our audience to know that we hold multiple diverse identities and bring these lenses to the show with our passion for telling our stories.
3: I identify as non-binary, transmasculine, polyamorous, ADHD, autistic, and disabled with chronic pain and mobility issues. I also am white and reside in the United States
2: identify as trans feminine neurodivergent queer and a person of color residing in canada we invite you to remember that we are whole people with robust lives friendships challenges and successes we love and are loved and we are delighted to share these stories with you
3: as always we kindly remind our listeners that no person is a monolith of their identities your identities can change over time and are valid every step of the way And if you think you're gender diverse, you are gender diverse. There's no social or medical prerequisite to be included in the community.
1: Welcome everyone to Genderful. This week, our guest, Andy, he they pronouns, also known as Crossroads, is chatting with us about dissociative identity disorder and how it affects all the aspects of their identity. Um, Andy, I've really been enjoying your posts in the discord server. From various headmates, it's been interesting and wonderful seeing even like inner headmate conversations about things. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I'm just I'm delighted to have you here today with us. Uh, welcome to Genderful.
0: Well, thank you for having us. And yeah, it, um, the Discord server has definitely been interesting because we don't usually talk publicly like that. So that that's been new for us.
1: So yeah, well, that. I'm so I'm so honored that you that you at least some of you I won't see you all because I can't assume every single headmate feels that way, but um, that that some of you feel comfortable to to share like that in the server. It's really, it's it's like special to me. It's like oh, we must be doing something right if people feel like they can be their authentic selves in this space. So I just I'm honored. I love that. Yeah. Um. So our first our first question today is um we have two that we always ask our guests what might be some things you can trace back to your youth that indicated you might be gender diverse one day
0: (laughs) most of my childhood when my mom looks back was just like no yeah this was not a surprise um which in itself is a little surprising i actually grew up jehovah's witness so any kind of gender diversity was not encouraged um that being said, it was is pretty pretty obvious early on that um, I didn't fit the typical mold for an AFAB person, and uh, yeah, I a couple of things that I could think of is just always always trying to outdo everybody else, but that that's just also competitiveness. Mm. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> it's gonna it's gonna be uh, a lot for a little bit.
2: <laughs> that's okay. I mean, you were take take as much time as you need. Um,
0: but, yeah, other other things are just, like, internal sense of self, um, whatever that means to a system, but uh, has, has always, like, people have been like, you fit A, B, C, and D, and I'm just like, I think that I'm way over there. I'm not even on the alphabet that you're talking about right now, but that's okay. <laughs> and then trying to learn the language for that coming from a religious background was difficult, and I think it took me a little longer than it would have if I didn't have to, like, relearn languages, but um yeah, I got there.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean that's definitely um I can definitely relate with some some parts of that. Uh the competitiveness for for some reason that's like encoded as a male trait in our culture. Um I mean even though like I've met many people who identify as women who are also competitive, but like for whatever reason it's that's something that is discouraged for people who are kind of presenting as females. So Um, and you know being a very competitive person myself um, it's just like I'm not wanting to let that go because I like (laughs) being competitive Uh, but it's also interesting that you bring up like having the language for for certain things because that's something um, I our guests kind of bring up very frequently is like not knowing how to express their their feelings and like you kind of mentioned that it's like oh I fit and like a b c d boxes like what i mean i'm not even like i'm in ada <laughs> alpha and omega boxes like what is this? <laughs> so, uh, so i can imagine it was been quite a quite a journey for you to kind of not only with the with the gender stuff but also with the uh with the uh, with the identity stuff as well on top of that um how would you say your relationship with your gender has evolved
3: over time
0: um it it is I don't know if there's there's like a quick way of saying how it's evolved uh usually because sorry it's loud (laughs) a lot of a lot of of people have have opinions but um it it's interesting because our our relationship with our gender our sexuality our relationship style and our our sense of self has all kind of stacked and grown and evolved together um Which, like, looking back, I I don't think I would have gotten to expressing my gender if I hadn't gotten to expressing my sexuality. And I wouldn't have gotten to that if I hadn't accepted being, you know, culturally diverse. And and all of these things stacked up on top of each other, and all of it also led to the realization of being a system. And the way that it stacked up, it was just kind of like the perfect reveal (laughs) of a fight, like... Like if it was if it was a movie, then you would like you would have gotten the hint that it was going there. But then when it happened, you're just like, oh, okay, that makes sense.
2: Like that's, yeah. that's what it felt like. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like when there's foreshadowing, but you don't notice until like you watch it for the second time. Um, and you
0: look back and you're like, oh, this was this was like from from minute one they were leading yeah, this, and you're like, yeah, don't know I can how definitely I think that. of a
2: few movies that are like that. It's like, oh, <laughs> they set this up from the first scene. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, that's, that's really what it felt like. Like at i came out to my mom as at the time bisexual because that's all i had the terms for um mm. at 13 when i found out that one of my favorite family members who had passed was was gay and that was like a huge mind-blowing moment it made mm. sense when i thought back on it because like he he passed away when i was um fairly young but he was literally to this day so one of my favorite people on earth and um when my my mom was like yeah there was tension in the family because you know he was gay and we're Jehovah's witnesses and i was just like well that means that fine for me like what 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 is all of this if he was the best person on the planet then there's nothing wrong with being gay because he was the best person on the planet and mm. that was like the moment that i was just like well that's that's me i am also hi yes i'm also on the spectrum there
1: and then mm.
0: later on i found uh pansexuality and i was like this fits better for me I don't know mm. why like at the time i was like i don't know why but this just it feels more comfortable and <laughs> mm-hmm. then that moved on to uh you know later down on the line i was i did the uh really enthusiastic trans ally route of finding myself uh because my the person i call my adopted kid is trans and i was like there a hundred percent i was like I, mm-hmm. I swear i will fight the world for this person and i was just like things that that he's saying are are resonating with me but it's not i was like but i don't feel happy as my agab and i don't think i'd be feel happy if i was born as the other agab i was like so obviously i'm not trans and then i found mm-hmm. the terms for non-binary and that whole the whole spectrum and not just one or the other and went oh that makes sense that's where i am is this Mm. middle ground where it encompasses all of it and i don't know why but like that's what it feels like and which you know led later on to almost it was maybe a month or two after accepting that i was non-binary that we got diagnosed as a system <laughs> and it was the perfect lead up it was like you've got the gen you've, you're gender diverse your sexuality is diverse i came out as polyamorous it's like perfect setup you have mm. to, you're this
2: <laughs> yeah well it's like none of these things like develop in isolation i mean it's, we were chatting about this like in the pre-show where it's like oh it'd be nice to have like you know switch to that to, to have like f- to switch from like physical issues to, to mental issues, but like even within you know the the overall umbrella of like what's going on in our heads, like it's not like if there are things that are happening in isolation. It's all there it's all interconnected. It's all intersectional. So um you can't you can't consider one part of your identity while ignoring everything else. Um, yeah. So um I'm really glad that you had the space to kind of explore all of that and uh when you bring up like learning the words for things. I mean that's something that we've we've talked about a lot on this show uh where it's like you know it's like mm, it's like I'm kind of this but like it's that's not quite the right word it doesn't quite feel right and then you learn a new word it's like oh yes that that's what I am. <laughs> so um there's kind of the danger of having these labels be um be prescriptive instead of descriptive and what i mean by that is like people um i would say this is a lot more common among people who aren't you know, gender diverse or sexually diverse or whatnot. They like to use these labels to put us into, into boxes. But really, these labels help us to kind of explore our own identities and, and kind of um, understand ourselves better. So um, I'm glad that you were able to find all of that. I just realized I've been talking for a long time. So,
1: Yeah. <laughs> it's okay. I was like eating almonds and taking my meds and running around. <laughs> I <laughs> promise I was listening, though, because these headphones go with me everywhere. Um, so let's, let's switch topics and talk a little more about DID and identity. Um, Crossroads system, when did you all realize or figure out that you were plural?
0: So, so that's, everything's complicated answers, (laughs) but, um, officially it was around 26 or seven. I think was official diagnosis um before that there were some really really like hit you in the face signs and uh for my entire life there there was a point in time where I knew something was going on and I was literally begging therapists to take me seriously and I was just like I I don't know what is happening but something is happening and it was just it we got met with dismissiveness and all of that and so that pushed us. Off on like, we call it like the fi- like like the firm discovery because we we made sure that we can't forget it again, because between you know within our life we've known and then forgotten several times and it's not like you forget and it's gone it it's always there and nagging in a certain way but like you forget that you know or <laughs> it, it it's hard to describe the dissociative amnesia is a wild thing to experience.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sounds like the the knowledge or wisdom is suppressed,
0: yeah,
4: it, it's yeah. like
0: you know something's going on, you know there's somebody standing over your shoulder, but you just you do not want to turn around to like acknowledge that mm-hmm. and that that's what it felt like and and um, that's that is with me at eighteen um I had I had a lot of troubles and stuff, and there was one period of time where we were struggling really hard with anger issues mm. due to just trauma and suppressed emotions and all of that other stuff and it was it was getting bad it was getting to the point where we sat there and we looked ahead and we're just like if we continue going the way that we are we are going to hate everybody around us and we're going to hate ourselves mm. and i'm like and i don't want to do that like i've i've seen that happen in my family and i don't want to be that person because that's that's the reason i'm angry in the first place And so we brought our mom, like we we asked our mom to take us out of the house. We we haven't driven much in our lives. And so that was one of the times where our mom was driving us around. And we just we're just like, look, we took her to a park we've never been to before in our town. We sat in this little patch of grass, not even in the park, but like the median in between the road and the parking lot. We're like, we just we need to be outside in a place that we aren't normally to have a conversation. And we just looked at her and we're just like, Look. I'm, I'm like, I'm angry and I hate, I hate the way that I am. And I hate the world right now. And I can't keep doing this. I'm like, so I want to let you know, I can, I've looked down the road and there's, I'm, this is actually where our system name comes from and we didn't get to choose it. It just was, it just was, is in this conversation, we looked at our mom and we're like, we're at a crossroads. We can continue on the path that we're on and that I'm on and end up being bitter and a person I do not want to be or I can just choose to be a different person. And I want to let you know that I'm choosing to be better. And I won't have these, like I'm not gonna have these issues anymore and I'm going to seem different and I just want you to know that I'm okay. And I'm like, and we're okay and it's all okay, but I wanted to let you know before I made this decision. And then we left the park and my mom was confused about that for a couple of years, but just let it go. And literally from the moment that we left the park, it it. was looking back we now know it was a host change and we were somebody was just passing over the reins and we had the moment of clarity that we did to let our mom know hey the giant personality change that you're about to see we're fine (laughs) (laughs) and yeah and from that moment till now we haven't struggled with those anger issues or self-loathing that we we had been at the time and that was honestly a blessing cuz we were we were heading down a dark road and like thankfully our system had the ability to just be like we're we're changing direction.
2: <laughs> mm. Now that's that's incredible. That's I mean it takes a lot of guts to do that especially at like such a young age. Um cuz I mean I know from personal experience like when you live your whole life angry at yourself and at the world it's really hard to let that go. So
4: yeah.
2: Um yeah, I'm I'm proud of you for for doing that. Like that was that's that's really that's Honestly, that's incredible. So, that's, um,
0: that's that's one of the first conscious introductions to our system, like like where we knew something was going on, and the language that we used was so far removed from the language that we used to use at the time, or even the language we use now. And that's one of the things that's always stood stood out to me. And then when we found out about being plural, about being about did, we're just like, oh, that conversation makes sense now. Yeah. <laughs> like.
2: Yeah, it's funny how, like, we look back on our, like, you know, major formative moments, and it's like, it, things only make sense with the benefit of hindsight, so, um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, speaking of DID, or main topic here, um, how would you say, how would you say that DID has played a role in your uh, relationship to your identity?
0: It it definitely influences it. it. It makes it harder in some ways, because we do not agree on most things like (laughs) as a system there's a lot of us and we all have our own likes dislikes personal sense of self all of that um which can make things a little messy and it made the decision to transition and to and where we wanted to go with our transition a little bit trickier because it wasn't just it wasn't just one person going this this is where I want to be, and this is how I want to present to the world. We had to do a lot of self-checking and a lot of work with our therapist to work with the headmates that we could we don't have as good communication with. And you know, whether it was writing it down, telling our therapist, texting ourselves, all of that, we had to make sure that like a majority vote was okay with with physically transitioning, because that's where we the our host at the time was headed. And we came to the conclusion like, yes, that, that's what we want to do we were having a lot of health issues tied to things that were gonna go into our transition anyway. And every step of the way, we were making sure this is what we wanna do. It's for, it's not for one person, it's for the whole system. And those who might not align physically with what we're doing, don't have a problem with what we're doing. And like, it, it's a lot of back and forth and it's a lot of round table discussions and or note leaving everywhere. Um, <laughs> But it was, that made it a little, that that made it tricky for the physical part, but like the individual senses of self, it's one of the reasons why non-binary is such a great descriptor for us because I don't have to explain to everybody at any given point in time, like right now I'm feeling masculine. Now I'm feeling feminine. Now I'm, I'm somewhere in the void in the middle. I'm all of it, I'm none of it, you know, as it changes. We can just go. Oh, I'm I'm non-binary, and that'll cover that'll cover it for the most part. And then, if we need to get into it more, then we'll get into it more. <laughs> mm. no, it's we, like
2: gender fluid. Is that is that a, a term that you identify with as well? Yeah,
0: or? we it goes back and forth depending on the terminology we is depending on who we're talking to.
4: If mm. it's
0: if it's the gender diverse or queer community, then we'll get into like specifics and be like oh we're gender fluid or we're we're masculine leaning trans like we'll get into like the the specific labels but if it's mm. people outside of the queer community or like people who aren't used to the terminology and stuff and we don't want to go into like explaining all the differences yeah. first, for for a, a simple word yeah no that's the we'll it's like, like, like
2: i don't want this to be a 20 minute conversation <laughs> <laughs> so i i get that <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, and then especially with the fluctuating presentation, it we're just like gender fluid or non binary are the good over terms for for physically overall. And then individually we each have our own sense of self. And like mm. there's a lot of us that there's a lot of people in our system that identify as trans mask. There are a lot of headmates that just identify as being being male or being cis, which is wild. Being having cis headmates in a Mm -hmm. trans system is a wild experience.
2: Um, I can't even imagine.
0: (laughs) And it gets a little it gets a little complicated. And we do have several girls in our system, or several femme presenting or identifying people in our system, um, but they all do not care about our physical, like our how we physically look, Mm. as long as they can wear their clothes.
2: (laughs) Um. Now. I mean, this is kind of uh, segues into our next question. Um, I would just say the the did has affected how you've approached your gender transition.
0: Um, I think it made me a little bit more cautious than if I had just if it had been like one
4: mm. one yeah, of us
0: been like, "Yep, yeah, like that's where I want to be, that's where I'm going." But we've had to because I do have fem presenting headmates, and we live in an afab body. It was we wanted to make sure we were doing things respectfully and that that the more masculine or trans headmates weren't just bulldozing over anybody who identified with the body but even our fem headmates don't identify with how we look right now or how we looked before they they have their very own unique appearances and they don't tie that to how we look out here like it this is just this is just the sim that we inhabit and we all have our own ways of looking like in our system and we we don't fuss too much about the differences individually between us we just like this is a group project and then we have our individual selves
1: (laughs) okay but in group projects there's like the person who does 80 percent of the work and then there's like a bunch of freeloaders and then there's the person who feels bad that they freeloaded so then they present it but they don't know what they're talking about because they didn't do all the research (laughs)
2: yeah that's that's pretty accurate definitely that's definitely been my experience like going through (laughs) academics uh it's uh, Mm so i had the i had the i built up a lot of goodwill with group projects of me being one of the few people doing all the work and then (laughs) i remember getting to a certain point of the semester where it's like i'm too busy to do this project i literally can't do anything you guys are doing all the work
0: I'm going to out one of my system mates here. But that's what happened to um, our our host, one of our co-hosts, Andy. Uh, they were just vibing in the system. And our previous host, Pan, got, ti- got tired of hosting and dealing with all of the medical stuff and specifically had stuff to do in our system that they just wanted to get back to. And uh, Andy's initiation into hosting was literally... One of our headmates going, you should come this way, and then being locked in the front room and just like, this is your job now. You haven't done this <laughs> at all. It's your turn.
4: Relatable.
1: <laughs> <Okay. laughs> <laughs> um, so how does being plural or DID influence your art or other hobbies? Do you have different headmates with different hobbies? If you find you're doing one art or craft versus some other hobby, are you like, oh, this is who's fronting? Like,
0: yeah. Yeah, so it definitely affects just like everything else. It affects everything, but uh, our, it, our art and our writing, there's definitely some places that you can start picking people out. Um, I also think that that's one of, like, it, it, it ties in with the ADHD, like, the ADHD urge to have a bit of every type of art there is, or every type of, like, art medium, just because you might want to try this or that. Um, the system just ties in with that perfectly, and we have, like, for years, we only ever did acrylic painting, because that's what r- our family does, and I have, I have a stack over, like, on the corner, like, this high of acrylic paintings. Then we had a, a uh host switch and we have not touched acrylics in about a year and a half uh Mm. instead we have marker we have pen we have pencils we have uh gauche we just got uh currently i aj am into watercolor and gel gauche is like my new favorite thing Mm. and the art styles and subjects in between all of our art is wildly different (laughs) Mm. i actually i have some samples everywhere but like um one one of our our headmates that doesn't front very often likes to do acrylics on figures um which is not something that I like doing because it's messy and it takes time and mm. patience actually i don't have any of that um but like we have uh, there okay it does show we have this little guy that we got like on sale <laughs> um at hot topic it was this is what it it's not gonna show up because it's supposed to be green but it was uh, one of the Kryptians off of, like, from Hot Topic, they had a sale, like, they were just selling out of their inventory, and we took as many as we could. And, mm. like, this was one of the first ones, Some the person who wanted it ended up backing out, but they wanted a trans flag that was low-key, and so it's done completely in trans Oh, colors. yeah, I
2: see it, yeah.
0: And it's got a little trans flag on the tail, but it's hard oh, to that's see. Oh, it's so cute! <laughs> I love it! So, that just lives in my house now, like I have that, and then I have a Nessie that's painted like an orca, and like a few others that the, that headmate did, but they will not put their name on it, so it's it, it's that's a problem with like people claiming their stuff. And then we have <laughs> like we'll have people who do like pen like pencil and stuff on. It's not going to show. There we go. Uh, <laughs> it's not great. It, it, it's not great visual, but like just running to show like the variety. This one I think was. And because they, they do hyper-detailed stuff mm. um, when they can. Yeah. See if that'll, the green screen also, I know. We're we're trying. <laughs> this one, the tan paper with the pencil is, it's not high contrast. So I was expecting yeah. it to kind of, uh, and then this is stuff that I did with our gel gauche when we just got it. Oh, oh no.
2: Oh, I, I can, I can kind of make it easy. out. Yes. All right, we're going to try me... to turn off the green screen, see if that makes a difference.
0: Wait, oh, okay. Sorry, I'm still technologically challenged, so it's going <laughs> to... That's okay. okay. Uh, oh, excuse the background, but... Oh, there so we go. Is, Perfect. This is the, the gel oh. gauche that I did the first time. I love this 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 gauche. It was the first time I tried the... Uh, I think it's H-I-M-I. I don't know how to pronounce that, but uh, gauche... And, I love it. It is it is my new obsession and awesome. um, I, I wanted to show I actually have something specific uh, that has to do with art and our system. Um, so this is actually, I don't know if we'll be able to see it, the light is a little bright too. This right here is actually a um, snapshot of our inner world. Um, oh. This one was done by Andy um, in watercolor. It, it's definitely it's far from the first time we've painted it, but as opposed to this was mine in gauche. Mm. and um, th- what what we like about specifically this like this is one of like the intro point intro points into our system is um, we all have an obsession with drawing this area which is based off of a real place um, with some not real like some some system stuff intermixed with it. But um, we all have an obsession with drawing it. We have, we usually don't draw one subject over and over and over again, but we have like 16 different iterations in different art styles and different mediums mm-hmm. of this same little like field. This is somebody else's, that they didn't put their name on it. Um, but like, and then we have, yeah, and then there's this one. It's a... Uh, no, there's more on this one than I know about, so I, I'm not sure how much <laughs> this has been worked on. But we have, like, pencil and watercolor and acrylic, all of these same schemes, which are are something we're all pretty familiar with. And then um, it's, it's one of the things that showed us how different our art styles were from each other, because we're all drawing the same thing, but—and you can tell everything's in the same— sp- Place, but the the mm-hmm. style and the way that we go about it
2: is so different
0: some yeah. of us are literally just like stick figure but it works
2: <laughs> yeah the uh the chat's really loving your art by the way <laughs> oh,
0: thank you <laughs> um,
2: I we mean I've of... always I've always I'm very impressed with this kind of stuff because like I mean I draw like a baboon so like <laughs> like yeah um, I like I my brain literally it's like how do you do that are you like are you a sorcerer like what <laughs> so, with my own
0: system like um there's one headmate that only does our iPad um and mm. like here's something they they just did they got a commission for uh, Pokemon fusion which is one of uh, half of us love to do them half of us are really bad at doing them but we love to do them. Mm. um this I think was. I think it was me and Angel. Uh, they did. It was Ampharos and Haunter, which Haunter is one of our favorite ones to cross anybody with. And this is Ooh. how it turned out. Ooh. And That's
4: awesome. th- That's
0: there awesome. are there are other people in our system that will look at this and be like, "Where the hell did that come from?" Because I could not <laughs> do that if I tried. Or we'll we'll get we'll do a couple and they'll turn out really nice. And then somebody will be like, "All right, peace. I'm out." And then we'll still have. <laughs> Art to do, and then it'll come out. It's not bad. It just isn't just the style difference. we're trying for. Yes. And so we'll just be like, "That's awful. That's bad. We need to not do that again." And then, <laughs> then we'll look back and we're like, "Okay, it's not actually that bad. It just, it wasn't. It wasn't who we thought was drawing." And like, mm-hmm. we do um, for fun. We'll do like um, terminology OCs of like in like. style of hell of a boss because that's something that's system like related and we Mm. like to we like to create those for people and we like the information people give us to create a character that feels like them and Mm. um angel specifically will do that those because that's that's their thing like that they love helping like realize ocs or specifically we will do them for systems and like try to get stuff for other systems to like make them feel seen because we don't get photos of ourselves we right, we can get right. art for ourselves but we never get into, like we can't like snap a selfie and be like that is definitely me. yeah and that yeah. that could be hard and so um we'll do we'll do these ocs at, for people every once in a while and every once in a while they'll just they'll come out where you're just like that that's the person that i know like that's my friend in that system i see them mm. and Then sometimes we'll we'll be, Angel won't be there and we'll try and we'll just be like, I don't know who, I don't know what that is. I just, we're going to push that over to the side for now.
2: (laughs) (laughs) So if you're just tuning in, we are here with the Crossroads System where we have uh, AJ fronting, I believe right now. And we are talking about DID and their experiences with uh, their gender. Uh, So welcome back. Uh, so, what is your experience with headmates who have differing or competing gender identities or sexualities or relationship styles? We kind of touched upon that a little bit more, but would you like to elaborate more on that?
0: So, we think there would have been a little bit more fighting in the beginning if, we, if, if our, the way that we, like, came to know ourselves had differed. But, like, we started off recognizing that we were bi-pan early on. And that led for a diverse expression of who we like and who we find attractive. and that was that was easy. And then, like at times we would notice we lean more you know towards one aesthetic versus another, and it would always be completely disconnected um, uh, for like the type of person. And then um, same thing with our physical expression, there would be times like before when we were younger, it was the the whole depressed emo hoodie all the time like look because we didn't want putting effort into the to how we looked was tedious because Mm. we weren't we weren't comfortable (laughs) oh Um, boy i can relate (laughs) like it was like the the trans and then the the did stuff it 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 links really heavily and so yeah we had a whole point where we're just like like cartoon character we're like if they can just wear the same thing like every day then why can't we have like three or four versions of the same thing and we just do that we don't have to worry about it
2: yeah we did that for a while just the um, whole einstein thing where you have like five or six copies of the same outfit
0: (laughs) it it, uh we were talking about this a little bit on the break but um it wasn't until we got into cosplaying that we started caring about how we uh, like about how we were presenting and looking and, and how that made us feel because cosplay was one of the first times where we were just like wow this feels better Mm. (laughs) and like it we didn't recognize it at first at first it was like this is really fun and i want to put like so much time and energy and like get a little bit obsessive about this and uh (laughs) then that led into the maybe this is bigger than cosplay and uh that led into the whole like touching into the when we found the terms for non-binary that turned that changed into well we'd already cut our hair for cosplay like i said like commitment that that was just commitment to the cosplay because the wigs didn't look right and so we cut our hair short for the first time uh for the cosplay (laughs) and then realized hey that felt way better and um and we felt more comfortable in cosplay than we did out. And then we started slowly changing our wardrobe and how we presented outside to align more with what made us have that those good feels. And mm. um, yeah, it it that was a it was a wild ride. And then um, for the masculine headmates, that that's where that came in. We just were like, this this is us being seen for the first time. And now that we are more masculine presenting, we have to balance that out with the femme headmates that we do have. Um, we're, our, our system works in a way and we're really fortunate that we don't fight for the front very often. And our femme headmates in particular are so done with everybody's craft that they don't come around very often. Um, <laughs> they come around for very specific people. Or very specific situations that they, like, things that they want to do. And other than that, they're just like, I don't have time for this. And I don't have time mm-hmm. for I don't I don't have time for it. But when they do, like, we have, we actually have a whole, we have a dresser over on our far wall here. We have a hanging closet uh, over here. And the styles are, like, we have all our femme clothes that we feel like, felt like keeping over here. And we have a section specifically for one of our headmates. Um, because um before our transition their style was so vastly different from the rest of us that when they were buying their clothes was one of the moments where my mom was like oh you really have this like this is wild because we we had never like we rarely wore colors and we were very anti-pink most of our life and then um at the time they don't They don't mind me using their old name. At the, at the time, our headmate was going by Alicia, and she was the epitome of pink. Like, pink hair, pink clothes, pink everything. Like, to the point where we came out the first time with her fronting, and she, like, lace, front, wig, all of that, dressed up. And my mom was like, oh, my, oh, my, like, oh, my God, what the heck is going on? And, like, she <laughs> was like, I, I, like, I understand, but, like, seeing it is different, and I'm like... Looking back at the photos of her, of her feeling like herself even in an AFAB body for the first time, that was her feeling like herself is mm-hmm. wild. Like you can see the difference in us even back then, and uh, through our transition, um, Alicia actually has transitioned to Ash, and every once in a while we'll slip, we'll, we'll go back and forth, and and they don't care if they were referred to either because that's that's them <laughs> and. Um, mm. They they actually they love showing off their older photos and and how much work they put into their look and now they're trying to figure out how to do so in like their their new more masculine uh field like when they they want to be femme, but we got all that but there aren't really any good short hair lace front wigs <laughs> it's literally one of their biggest like pet peeves is that they don't have the nice hair that they had when they like when they want it long. They can't they don't have it when
2: when they want it short.
4: <laughs> yeah.
2: No, I think I I I saw the uh, pictures on our Discord. Uh y'all yeah. should join our Discord by the way. It's really great. <laughs>
4: <laughs> uh
2: but yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's that's really interesting how like you that's really interesting how you can have like different aspects of your personality or like different headmates. Um have their go kind of go through their own transitions and have their own kind of journeys with um, their their own like gender expression. So it's yeah,
4: gender, it just, it's sexuality, really all of it.
2: hear you talk about that.
0: It's it, yeah, and like you think that would get easier the more that you do. Like we have headmates, and and you think that it would get easier, and it, it it never does. Every once in a while, somebody new will mm-hmm. pop up, and we'll just be like, okay, what what's going on here? All over again. It's literally just the Am, am I polyamorous? Am I monogamous? Am I, am I straight? Am I gay? All over again. Mm. And I mean, usually the the baseline is we're, am I, I'm gay. Do I also like the opposite sex? And then that's, that's their thing. I, for some reason, our baseline in our system is everybody's queer. Um, <laughs> that's a good which, place to start. <laughs> it, it is a great place to start. Um, I, I'm going to turn my green screen off real quick just because Ash, uh, when you call they'll come. <laughs> and they Uh-oh. want to show off their their favorite photo. Let me make sure I have the right one that they're talking about because they're very particular. And if I show the wrong one, I will get yelled at for the next few hours. <laughs> I think it's this one, because they look very bougie. Um, let me say. Sorry, I'm still trying to figure out how to work this. So this is yeah, this pocket.
3: is I don't know.
2: Let me
0: the this is the problem I have with trying to show things off of one screen to another. I don't know if you can see that uh i
1: can yeah You've i can got, sort of like, make it out long or ash has long maybe blonde hair and then a, a little hat it's and
4: strawberry a pink, pink.
1: Sh- yeah oh yeah you're right it is so strawberry pink hair is there also pink lipstick
0: yeah it, everything is pink every they were yeah. head to toe just pink including doing our nails and then they their compromise because the nail polish stayed on for so long was I can't remember if it was all pink with one black nail on each hand or if they did the opposite. It just depends on how how long they were gonna front. There was a mm-hmm. short period in time where we weren't sure if Pan was going to host or Ash was going to host. And that led to a, a very confusing time for our at the time partner because every once in a while we'd show up and we'd be a little more masculine leaning and being like, yeah, this is us. And then the next time we'd show up
4: mm-hmm. dripping
0: in pink Super femme very. A- Ash's voice at the time was much higher than ours, even pretty. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> they, they would, they would pitch our voice up even higher and do like they just completely different person
4: uh, from mm-hmm.
0: everything about them. Um, like I, I, they have some videos, um, still somewhere on our phone, and every once in a while, when I have the ability to deal with that, the the headache that that causes sometimes watching videos of ourselves. We'll play mm-hmm. Ashes and we'll just be like, I, I don't know who that is. Like, I mean, like, I know, like, it, it looks like, oh, that's my friend. But, like, physically, we realize it's all, all us. But it, looking at those photos, I don't see me. I'm just like, that, that's my friend.
4: <laughs> mm. Like,
0: that's that's Ash. That's awesome. Like, that's, that's them then and this is them now. And it, it's weird having that kind of relationship with yourself at times. Where you can yeah. look back and you're just like, that's me, but it's
2: not. Yeah. yeah. And I think that like that's not necessarily limited to people with uh with the idea. I think <laughs> kind of every trans person has that relationship yeah. with their former selves. Um, I mean, we we all kind of conceptualize it in different ways. I mean, I know some people out there will be like, Oh, that's you know, that's my twin brother or twin sister that's no longer with us, or <laughs> that sort of thing. So um yeah, no, that's um it's just it just it's interesting to see that happen in in multiplicity within one person. Um, I did want to touch back on something that you brought up really quickly and kind of pull on a thread. And now you do, you do not have to answer this question because it might be a little too personal, but this is something that like I've always been really curious about um, with folks who are plural, um, on how that affects their relationships. So that's something that like I imagine complicates things quite a lot. Um, so like, how do you, how do you navigate that? You know, it's like, what do you do if like one part of your system, like wants to date someone, but another part doesn't, or like, I, I, like, I honestly don't know how it works. So uh, like, you don't have to satisfy my curiosity, but uh, this is something I've always wondered about.
0: (laughs) It, it definitely gets complicated. And in the beginning it was, it was very complicated. Uh, we, at, before we knew, like we knew something was going on and because of being dismissed by our therapist at the time, we went through a couple of years where we turned to metaphysics for answers instead of, instead of, um, you know, looking for something more internal or personal. Um, We were just like, okay, the voices, they said that it's not, you know, A, B and C, and they, they didn't give us any other options. So it has to be like a guide or a spirit or, you know, something like that. Because at the time, our most prominent voice was just an asshole who narrated our life all the time because he was bored and stuck. And so it would just be like, and they're reaching for the drink and like, or just be like, why in the hell are you with this person? And like, just all the time. And so that made the relationship that we had been in at the time hard. Uh, We were in a 11-year monogamous relationship um, before we found out for sure about the DID. We started finding out about polyamory towards the end of that relationship. Um, that, like, there, there was a lot of bad stuff. Oh, I'm sorry. I just realized my green screen isn't on. Um, uh, there we go. Uh, there was there was a lot of contention in that relationship anyway, and uh, several of our headmates were trying to find an out um, because they weren't the host. And unfortunately, that meant they had pretty limited... Uh, control over what was happening it's actually one of the reasons why our system like came out completely to ourselves but um we it gets complicated because our our headmate adeline had a relationship with somebody before we knew we were a system before our partner knew our our partner knew that they were a system while we were in a monogamous relationship uh so it got really messy because we didn't know that that was going on and um it was all through role play writing they they had built a whole world with somebody else and it was every single day almost from the time that we would wake up to the time we went to bed that that she would be writing with this person and you know they'd be having conversations going on dates going on like they like it was just a story that kept unfolding and it was very much a i'm not writing this it's writing itself and like it was at the time, it felt addicting. like It was, it was
4: mm.
0: because she was getting to express herself for the very first time in a way that was healthy for her, and she felt seen. And because of that, our, our, our former partner was very against the idea of us writing, and at one point in time told us, you can still RP and you can still write, but you can't write as Adeline. And that literally felt like somebody had stabbed us in the chest. We mm-hmm. felt like we were dying, and we took in the middle of an eleven year relationship where we had shown that we were going to be committed to that like until the day we died, if that's what he had wanted, whether it was healthier for us or not. that was the moment that we were just like, "It's over, we're done. We're done. I can't do this and um he backtracked and it went on a little longer than it should have, like with the back and forth he had brought up that maybe we could be polyamorous and then kept backtracking and then we found out he'd been cheating the whole time and we're just like okay we're we're this is this is too much we're we're done we're out and when we left um we found out that our writing partner what like we'd started we talked with them for two and a half years in character in character never breaking this is adeline talking to their partner for two and a half years that should have been assigned but it it was not. We were just like, "No, this is just something we do on the side. Like it's it's something that we're always doing, but it's it's just like it's for fun. and And then, um, we started finally talking to our partner. Like other parts of our system started talking to our partner. And uh, we got to know each other, you know, different in a different way. And we were going, we were talking to them while they were going through the process of being diagnosed. And then we we jumped on that enthusiastic ally uh, bandwagon again. We we're like, we're gonna learn every single thing about this so we can like be there and support you in this thing that we've never heard of before. And uh, like their introduction to us for the diagnosis was, hey, the person that you've been writing with, like they're they're real, like they're that's somebody in our system. And we had to do a lot of research and look it up. And we're like, oh okay like that would explain why writing with other people who are writing a character felt so so different and so off it felt like the difference between somebody playing a character and somebody being someone mm. and like it was it's it's a really hard thing to describe in the writing and it was it's so important and like um so when we found that out we we did the whole deep dive we read peer reviewed articles we we ended up buying uh the the handbook that went into writing the section in the DSM for dissociative disorders and reading oh, wow. through that uh we went on, we got uh, we started following other dissociative systems all of that and then uh it was hearing somebody else say um I know that I'm not but I just just joke with my therapist that I was low key haunted and they got really concerned and that had been something that I had been of for about 5 to 7 years at that point was I know it's like like I'm like I don't believe in ghosts, but I'm low key haunted. Like 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 <laughs> stuff just happens around me and I'm like, I'm sure that it's me, but I don't remember doing it, so it's low-key haunted. And that like that person said that thing and I was like, oh, oh no. And like it all started to click together. And um which led, led us to the realization that that our our original character, our our writing character, our writing persona, Adeline. The reason that it felt like she was dying when we were told that we couldn't acknowledge her anymore was because she was she was there and she was a very real part of us. And she Mm -hmm. has been out and having a relationship and a partner for the last seven years now, um, which is longer than we have been diagnosed or or had even known that she was who she was. Mm -hmm. And like looking back now with our partner system, we're like, yeah, they knew before we did. And like when we came back and told our partner, hey. I think that we're dealing with this too. And then a little later was like, I think Adeline might be a headmate. Their response was, oh, thank God. It's taking you so freaking long. <laughs> like, like <laughs> I was waiting for my girl. Like, I want you to acknowledge my girlfriend, but I also didn't want to just tell you, hey, like, this is happening. <laughs> and then um, that led us to, like, fully accept being polyamorous, which led us to be, like, accepting being non-binary and, and trans, which led us to diagnosis. And um, the order got sorry one of us has our order mixed up in there they all they were all connected and mm-hmm. so polyamory is so tied into our gender identity and our and being plural that like Adeline considers herself more or less monogamous to, to her partner. She has very little interest in literally anybody else in the world um, other than mm-hmm. interacting with them in their system and whereas we have other headmates who are like, we span the, like, the whole identity spectrum from, or uh, sexuality spectrum from arrow ace to, to pansexual and then, like, and like hypersexual. And it, it gets wild because, like, there are people in our system that do not like some of our partners. Like, they just straight up do not want to be around them. And so we just give them time where they're like, okay, here is your time by yourself, not around the people. Enjoy yourself. We have uh, an introject, and he's, he's, we say he's aggressively Arrow Ace because he, does, he doesn't enjoy people talking to him. And so if anybody tries to talk to him and flirt with him, he gets very angry. He's just like, no. no. And then because he's an introject, unfortunately, there's a lot of fan-created art and stuff around him being with other people, and it just hmm. is so uncomfortable. He gets violently angry when that when he when that stuff comes because sometimes people send it to us because they know that he's interjected and it's just mm. he is like it feels like a violation like I don't I would never be in those situations and some of those right, people right. are in our system and he's like and I sure as hell wouldn't be in those situations no. with that person and it's it's like somebody sending you a photo of yourself in a in a situation you don't remember or you would never consent to and mm-hmm. it's like it can feel so wrong even though he understands like this is a fandom and people are just enjoying and like expressing their love
4: yeah. for the source
0: material and like he isn't his source material but like that is how he sees himself and it's
2: right, right. it gets
0: complicated like
2: i can imagine yeah
0: <laughs> even I mean, it's, like, it's even like, like, finding,
2: like finding a deep fake of yourself it's like mm, <laughs> it, it really I is feel, i don't know how to feel about this
0: <laughs> even i mean even those of us that aren't interjects and just you know have our have our own unique you know personal views of ourselves we we can feel like that about ourselves like um Ash is hypersexual and is one of a few headmates that are hypersexual and they for a short period of time were running a adult site that the rest of us weren't actually aware of for a while mm. and we stumbled upon those photos and we were just like what in the hell is going on here and like <laughs> it was a whole sit down conversation with the system going okay so where where do the headmates that aren't comfortable with doing that kind of stuff or being seen in that kind of way where is their boundary versus the headmates that do want to do this kind of stuff and are fine with being proud of themselves and how they look and that was a hard conversation that took a very long time to have and we've come to like now now there's like just situations where certain headmates just will not be mentioned in certain situations, and that's that's our boundary with them. And mm-hmm. there are certain headmates that will are, are the only ones that want to deal with certain people in certain situations. And like that goes with our committed relationships because we have several committed partners who are in relationships with either a lot of us or just some of us. And then we have uh, our, our group that's either Arrow Ace or just Arrow or just Ace, and they interact with people differently like one of our headmates it has no interest in romantic relationships they only want to do friends with benefits when the rest the majority of our system isn't keen on casual encounters yeah. um so we've had to we've had to come up with with boundaries and and agreements on how they can express themselves in a way that doesn't make them uncomfortable because they will not do anything with our partners they do not want to Touch or be around anybody we have a romantic connection with. They mm-hmm. only want somebody who's like on a fr- Like if they want to go to a movie, hang out, be friends, that's fine. But if they have like romantic feelings for us, that that, that cancels them out immediately for those headmates. And they're just like I that no thank you. And like we've it, it's been hard and like because especially because the culture around hookups is different. And like somebody wants if they so they want us on demand, that's not going to happen. Those headmates come around occasionally and they just want somebody uh-huh. there when they're around and not somebody who's gonna be like hey so i'm i'm ready for this because then they're gonna hit one of our ace headmates, because most of our hosts are ace leaning and we're gonna be like no no thank you
2: <laughs> mm. <laughs> different I can, time i can lady. imagine that i mean i can imagine that that's also difficult for your partners
0: it it can think i i say thankfully but it, it kind of just like a lot of like you know neurodivergent and queer people tend to like flock together uh yeah. before i even knew it uh i the people who were surrounding me were all also systems before <laughs> i realized it like when I, first it was my partner who came out as or who you know got diagnosed then it was me and then i had posted something in a did group and uh three people off of my friends list were just like i am also in this group because hi i am also this way and i'm just like that's a lot of people in my like my more or less immediate vicinity like i mean we we're all facebook friends and so like it it's great distances but like we all still flocked together and mm-hmm. there was like some there's like that beacon light where you're just like there's something about this person that like vibes with me on a different level and then it turns out it was all we were all systems and so um i think four out of my five partners are all diagnosed systems now.
4: Mm-hmm. Um
0: <laughs> and um so it makes it a little it makes it easier in some ways and it makes it extremely more difficult in others. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, I can see that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> like there's are stuff there... that we don't have to explain. Oh, sorry, go ahead.
1: Oh, I was going to ask a, a different question. So you go ahead.
0: Oh, uh it's okay, I lost it. it I was going to okay. go on another rant, so it's fine.
1: <laughs> um, I was going to ask if you're, if the headmates in your system have any, like, agreements about things that the Vessel won't do, no matter who's fronting. Because, like, for example, if, if the Vessel goes to jail, everyone goes to jail. Yeah. Mm, <laughs> right? <yeah>. Like, <laughs> not just whoever was fronting, like, everybody. So, like... Oh, no. Yeah, I'm curious if if you all have ever had a conversation about any of that or if it's just sort of globally understood and that's obvious or you know.
0: So that that leads into a little bit of trauma, but um we have
4: mm. the
0: I'm going I'm afraid like, one of the cool things about DID, one of one of the, the the things that is interesting is um there are certain conditions that we have that are system wide. We are all autistic, we are all ADHD, we all have Tourette even though that that might manifest to a different level for each of us. Mm-hmm. Um, but those are things that affect the brain and the body, and like, our, you know, they're, they're universal, whether or not we, I say we show, but certain headmates are better at masking than other headmates. And that's, yeah. just, that's just a fact. Some of them are, were born out of a necessity to mask, and therefore they, they can't show the autistic traits the way that the rest of us do. Um, then there are certain uh, mental health things that you can have that are exclusive. Two specific headmates, and um, that that's where it starts to get really complicated. Like our depression is held by three, about like five of our headmates are specifically the ones that have a diagnosis of persistent depressive disorder and major depressive disorder, and it's only them. And then we mm. also have a headmate who is diagnosed um, ASPD, and um, they're the one that came to the decision. That there were when it comes, because you brought up jail, that there are certain things, in their words, that aren't worth our time. Um, and I, 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 it's hard to describe the way that they articulate because it, it's so foreign to the rest of us. Mm-hmm. Um, but they, they, their job in our system was created because of a lot of trauma and a lot of bad situations and mm. specifically a situation where when we were younger where we didn't have the capacity to deal with what we were dealing with and like we had to make some hard decisions that could have put everybody in danger in our system and they they're very analytical they don't they emotion doesn't play into their decision making yeah. at all and like they're very apathetic but not in a way like not in a derogatory way they just them feeling what other people feel doesn't play into their decisions and they they have a lot of comments on uh, the use of apathy in our culture that I won't get into because it gets it gets a little mm. spicy on their end um, <laughs> but um, even even just bridging the gap in our own system for that because the way that they talk and feel and express themselves as so different um it it's like speaking a different language and but because of that we were able to come to agreements like certain like 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 i said uh, their way of saying it but certain things aren't worth our time they would be the most likely to do one thing or another that would lead us to trouble they're one of the people who's a little more likely to do that and they came to the realization on their own that it's not worth it just because, (laughs) and um, that helped open up the dialogue for our system where we're just like, okay, there are certain things that have, you know, global ramifications for our system where like, like you said, if we end up in jail, that's everybody. That's not just the person who did it, that's everyone. And that's, that's a lot of time. And like, even with transitioning, we're like, this is, this is going to be a global decision. Like, you know, this is going to be a decision that affects every single person that inhabits this space. And it was, it was a hard, it was just along those lines where we're just like, is this something that we're all willing to do? Or is this something that one or two people is pushing for? And it's actually going to be a bad decision in the long run. And it took a long time to to come to those agreements. And other than like the big societal things that would be like, hey, don't do that, (laughs) Um, which like, that's just like universally understood in our system. There's just certain things that people don't do. Um, There isn't, like, when it comes to, like, interpersonal relationships or even, like, sexuality and expression and that kind of stuff, There, there isn't, like, lines that one headmate would be like, I, I would like to do this or explore this. And another one would be like, oh, well, I'm not interested in that at all. We have to find a middle ground. Like, our understanding with our system is we have to find our middle ground or, like, the people who don't want to be present can go inner world, like, deep if they want to while we're doing that. And um, or if there's a switch in the middle of doing something or being with somebody or hanging out with a person, we can just be like, okay, we need to end this activity now. Like, (laughs) And unfortunately, that's a lot of free conversations to end to any situation that we're in, because we have to inform anybody that we're with about our condition and, and have basically... A two-hour conversation of what that even means to people who don't know about DID before we can even be like, "I would like to hold your hand." <laughs> like,
1: maybe you can send them this podcast next time, and then you don't have to do so much explaining. <laughs> <laughs> Watch this. Let me know what questions you have.
0: <laughs> I'm sorry. I think I I hit your.
1: You did great. We, we,
0: I'm like we got a little wobbly there, but I think we That's okay. We circled well, by.
1: and I and I thank you for letting me know that the part of the answer gets close to some trauma that you have I don't want to drape into your trauma non-consensually so um I appreciate you answering at all um yeah it's it's so it's so interesting thinking about like if you're if you feel like there's more to say about how your system came to the the decision to formally transition. It looks like you have probably medically done some transitioning is my guess. Um, because I think I might see some scruff growing here. Yeah. <laughs> um, so anyway, um, so how do you reconcile those varying identities versus the overall sense of self that you share with the world?
0: Therapy is a big part of it. We've been in therapy since we were 12 or 13 on and off. Um, and. While, while, some, while a lot of it hasn't been helpful, a lot of it is, has given us coping strategies, even if the therapist at the, at the time wasn't presenting them in a way that could benefit us, we've been able to incorporate that. And then um, now we have a therapist that we trust a lot. He's been amazing for us, uh, who sees each of us as an individual and helps bridge the gap between us And um, has helped us have conversations and facilitate, facilitate, words, facilitate uh, conversations in between headmates that do have trouble communicating. Because while we know we have a long list of headmates we do know about, we know for a fact there's a whole world we don't in our in our system. And um, but the best that we can do is everybody who's active and fronting and wants to uh, have an input in it. And that was. That looked like, uh, I think, a year or a year and a half of just talking about the options and then weighing that in with the other health concerns we were having. Um, because, like, we, we're on testosterone and we have had um, uh, top surgery and a hysterectomy. And that was, those were, they weren't, I, w- I don't wanna say they were hard decisions, but they also weren't easy because of the varying identities and because we do have STEM headmates the masculine presenting headmates were actually more worried about taking steps to medically transition and and in fear of overshadowing our feminine presenting headmates than the than mm-hmm. our feminine presenting headmates were ca- cared at all about being involved in the process um we were like we were just like are you sure are you sure are you sure okay yeah. but are you sure and like I'm, I'm happy that it went that way because they uh, just they got annoyed and they were just just we were just at the point they were just like just do it stop asking just do it and um also like not that it's great that it was tying into other medical problems but every surgery and everything that we've done has tied into other medical problems that we have um Mm. and we joke that our entire like physical body has was like leaning towards being trans anyway because um our our chest was disordered it had we had um Congenital somastia. So we actually have a a knot of like scar tissue in the center of our chest that was just there from our, from having the chest that we had. And, um, and it was causing back problems. It was causing scoliosis. It was, it was adding to our pain issues so much. And then we, on top of that, we are starting to worry about the, the tissue itself was starting to have issues. And so when it came to top surgery, the the girls in our system were just like we can get a um Restaurant. like the, what they use in cosplay you know like we can get it we can get a, a a fake chest to put on when we want to like that's fine yeah. and then the histo we had known we didn't want children our entire life because we we know that we'll never be in a place to to give somebody the amount of attention and care that they need when we're still trying to do that for ourselves and mm-hmm. so that was a decision we had actually we had made that decision at six. Uh, like that's one of our first memories was, was talking to our mom and joking her, or not joke. Like literally we were serious. Like when we're an adult, we want to adopt a kid, an older kid, because we don't want to have one. And that was one of the, the first conversations my mom and I had about us growing up and having a family. And that was very, very young. And then, so when we hit 18 to 20s, we, we'd known that we wanted to get sterilized. At first, we ended up getting a tubal ligation way before we knew we were a system. And um, that it, it still we were still having so many problems. And um, we ended up getting diagnosed with uh, PCOS in our 20s after getting our tubes tied um, because they wouldn't allow us to do anything else at the time. And even that, there was a whole hassle. Um, and then after the PCOS diagnosis, they were, um, our doctors were like, we're telling us we were having estrogen imbalance issues and we already had tied testosterone. I was talking to our trans friends and some of our trans friends were just like, you're already like dealing with most of the beginning stages of what we were dealing with, what we do on testosterone. And that was the moment we're just like, so we're getting on that. We're already, we, we already know what it's like. We already started. We're getting on that. And, um, then that led to our histo and we found out through our histo that a, a good chunk of our pain was PCOS and endometriosis. And so <laughs> taking that out helped immensely. Like we started not cycling, it was once every three months, but that was a lot for us. Um, we started feeling like a human being because anytime we cycled it, our depression and our our disconnect with ourselves was just through the roof. And it would be weeks of being like, I just want to get back to being myself, and so that was an easier decision to make. And then, um, and then the testosterone was easy because the PCOS had already started it. And every single time we've ever had an estrogen spike in our in our life, we actually know of the few major ones that we've had has led to um, an increase in our epilepsy, an increase in our tics, and an increase in our migraines. Uh, so much so that we're currently waiting to see a endocrinologist and a, uh, uh, genealogist, I think I can't remember the name of the other specialist right now. Somebody who's going to check, uh, our, to see if we're intersex. Um, because, uh, yeah, we've had so many issues with just the hormones we were supposed to have in our body. Every single time that estrogen spiked in our system, we, the, the one major incidents that we know we had a grand mall, uh, because our estrogen had spiked so high we had one pregnancy that that got terminated and um it caused us to have our only grand mal seizure usually we have petite malls or absent seizures and we knew before it was even testing positive that we that we were because we felt so off and then we started having grand malls and i was just and that was the moment where we were just like something about this hormone and our body does not get along and Mm -hmm. we've been fighting since then to get other people to recognize that but I have a good care team now and like we're, we're fully doing that journey also.
1: And uh, you don't have to get specific, but I'm, I'm making an inference that you may live in a part in a, an area that doesn't have the most supportive healthcare for trans people and for women people maybe. I,
0: I actually live in Southern California, surprisingly, but um, so.
1: And they, and they, all they would do is tie your tubes.
0: Yeah, so it was it was a couple. I think it was 23, and it was right after the the Grand Mall incident. And um, so I I knew that there was something going on, and I knew that I never wanted to go through that again because yeah. um, I had had Grand Malls. I felt sick. Literally walking out of the clinic, I felt better because I, I, when going in, I, it, we were gonna it was either that or go to the hospital, and we mm-hmm. decided to make that appointment. And then walking out, I started feeling better, and then by the next day. I wasn't feeling like I was, I was, it felt like I was actively dying the entire time. And so when I went to the doctor, I was like, I do not ever want to do this again. I don't want to be put in this position. I didn't want to be put in this position in the first place. I'm like, but y'all didn't want to take me seriously when I was younger. And here's me asking from the time I was 18 till 23 for sterilization, do something. And yeah, they would only tie my tubes and they wouldn't even cut them. They did clamps. And one of the clamps ended up coming free at one point they had to they used two on one side and one on the other and i still have one floating around somewhere um (laughs) yeah i i've got problems with that like don't don't get me wrong
2: (laughs) and i'm just picturing um, like it coming out on its own one day it's like oh that's where that went
0: (laughs) yeah I, i i don't know it's like it's floating around last time i saw it was like somewhere near my spine and i'm like is that concerning should we be concerned and
2: they're just like, "No, oh, it's
0: fine. <laughs> That's
2: fine. Everyone has Kettle little cliff. bits floating around,
0: <laughs> apparently."
2: That's it,
0: yeah, and so when I finally did get my hysterectomy, like, it don't get me wrong, it was it was painful, <laughs> but um, coming oh. out of it, but I was I felt better, like ag- coming out of surgery. It just like mm. the like you know those moments where you see trans people coming out of top surgery and they're just they're like, "I feel like myself," and I like, crying. We were emotional for top surgery, but we cried for our hysterectomy. Like, mm. that was just, like, the moment where I was just, like, finally. Like, this has been causing me so much problems and so, many, so much anxiety. We had such bad anxiety about pregnancy even before we had one that, like, it, our OCD had, like, every single cycle we would buy tests, whether it was a possibility or not, to make sure that we weren't. And it was it was an obsessive thing to be like, "I cannot do this." And then when it happened, it was it was it was just one of those times where we just went off the rails for a little while and then went and then we were just like, "We can't do this again. We, we won't do this again."
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. Andy, I can really relate to having a sense of relief after a hysterectomy because I've also had one, and um, especially with what's happening politically in the united states right now like yeah. because my body was moved from the category of people who are directly impacted by abortion access to very strong ally yeah who <laughs> formerly was someone whose body as very was directly impacted by that type of access and it, it was like the panic went down a level like psychically in my whole self um which actually makes me more able to be effective at doing anything because i was so worried about it that i was frozen i was paralyzed um and so like you know there's something so relieving about dodging what in my mind is one of the worst consequences of um you know having having intercourse while having a vagina which is getting pregnant and being very visibly trans right like like i have a full beard now and like pregnant man is what i would look like and that is you know that's a whole a whole i would not like to be that there are some trans men who do want to have children and i support all of them i'm not one um and so oh, we've
2: had one on our show before <laughs>
1: yeah yeah so so i've i don't know for me it's like wow that 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 big scary risk that i'm so scared of that's taken up all this room in my mind like is addressed mm-hmm. now how relieving is that so anyways i just wanted to validate that that's that's totally a thing and i hear oh, you yeah there. and like even yeah. as,
2: as like someone like who's you know assigned male at birth i mean and and also someone who's like never wanted children um it's just like uh, that that like sense of oh i can't do that anymore oh my god that's like it's it feels like such a relief i mean not that like it was ever, i was ever really in danger of getting anyone pregnant <laughs> <laughs> i'm not going to talk about my love life on this show but um that was never real a uh, really a risk but um i feel much better knowing that that's no longer a possibility for me so like so um,
0: I- i'm sorry I- i'm going to redirect a little bit just because if i i, I- I would be remiss in talking about DID and all of these situations if I didn't bring up the things that my headmates are saying. Um, mm. I, we talk a lot about the relief that we get in our transition and all, and all of that, and there were underlying medical reasons for everything beyond just being trans for us, for why we did. Uh, and and there is still a relief through the system, but on this subject of the hysterectomy and 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 the other you know trauma the other slightly triggering topic I don't want to bring up too many times, but I think yeah, because I, I, I just, I know that, that other people are sensitive to it too, but um, mm-hmm.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: we actually do have, I, I don't know if they'll talk, but I, I think I'm, I'm sorry if there's a little delay. I'm, I'm literally translating right now. Um, yeah. our, our headmate Ash, when they were going by Alicia, actually had the hardest time with the thought of not having kids. We, it was something mm-hmm. as One of those agreements where, um, you know, the the global it affects us all. We came to the agreement that having a kid because one, two, or three of us wanted to was not something that we were willing to do. And Mm -hmm. um, so they had to come to the fact, come to terms with the fact that we were never going to have kids. And if that was something that they wanted, that was something that they weren't going to get. And when we did go through that loss, because while the rest of us were relieved, there are still people in our system that have a sense of loss for that and every once in a while we'll think about that in a way that is foreign to the rest of our system and we have to come to for how how they're processing it. Like um and and Ash is one of the people in our system that still holds a lot of that. They they've come to terms with it, but that's something that they they're saying that they also want to acknowledge in system differences like that do happen. And there are times where we're not all going to get what we want or there's there's going to be fundamental differences between the way that we've agreed to live through, go through life and the things that we want and, and the things that we want in life individually. And, um, they, I, I do think that, that Ash has a family in system now, um, which a lot of uh, our headmates will take on our littles as their kids or things like that, because
4: mm-hmm.
0: we, we do have little, uh, headmates running around and when they're left unsupervised, it can get, Messy, um, mm-hmm.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: but um, there there are feelings like that too. That that every once in a while it'll come up, like, oh, we don't have, we don't we don't have that. We don't have you know those organs anymore. We don't have that ability anymore. And while most of the time we're like, Phew, okay, great, good, good thing. Every once yeah. in a while we'll we will have a headmate who's just like, I understand why this is this, and I understand why we've made the decisions that we've made. But I still have some hurt about that. And like and it's not something that they're resentful of, but they're like, I, I'm going to need to process this on my own time. And and that's that's okay. Like I just was told that we needed to bring that up because it's yeah, no, we don't always get along.
2: <laughs> yeah, and that's that's absolutely valid. I mean, like something like having a child is, is like, you know, to yeah. to take it back to something we were talking about earlier, it that's a global decision. I mean, you can't just like have one of your headmates be the parent like you all have to take care of that child so um yeah and it's it's completely like even though like that's a decision that makes sense for you for you know the collection of your identities um some of those identities are going to feel that sense of loss and that's you know even though they you know can't get what you want sometimes but you know it's i think it is still important to validate those feelings
0: yeah and Um, it's, it's one of those moments i thought that would that we we all thought was a great illustration point because we talk a lot about getting along and communicating and and you know we're all on board with all the decisions because we liked because media and and what people hear about did is almost always from the negative side it's always from headmates fighting and getting not and somebody trying to keep control of the system and all that so a lot of the times we do like to put our best foot forward but we also think it's really important to acknowledge that like it is not all it's not all roses and rainbows. <laughs> there's a lot yeah, of, of infighting.
2: <laughs> of course. I mean, you take any group of individuals, there's never yeah. going to be a full consensus all the time. So uh that's yeah, actually a great like, segue into our concluding questions. Um is there anything that we missed about DID and identity that you'd like to make sure that you say?
0: That was that was a big one. Um yeah. But <laughs> <laughs> just uh, I thought it was it it, it was important to yeah, it's important to acknowledge for for systems out there who know their systems and then systems who might not have recognition yet that like, it's okay to get along and it's okay not to get along. Um, Mm. It's like being a system is like having, having roommates that you're locked in a house with for the rest of your life. Mm. And that can that like, if they're your best friends, that can sound amazing. And then there are times where you're just like, I don't like that person, but we are still roommates and we have to get along.
2: Yeah, you're stuck <laughs> and, together
0: <laughs> yeah and that's all okay and um for us personally we have rectified a lot of the infighting and and not getting along um with acknowledging and accepting our inner world more than of uh, than we hear some other people do like for us our inner world is a huge thing most of us spend most of our time in world and we'll come out for a year or two to host every now and then and then somebody will switch out but a majority of us spend most of our time in our world and are fine with that and that's how we've come to an agreement on not fighting for the front and not the, the dissociative amnesia that we feel or that we deal with has lessened when we realize hey anybody can take over at any point in time if that's what they want and anybody can give up being up front if that's what they want you don't have to do either (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and like we don't always have control over it like we we don't have seamless switches all the time and we don't we definitely don't have control of who's fronting all the time but just that baseline acknowledgement of hey if you need somebody to step in you can ask and we can we can try at least
2: yeah uh so another question we'd like to always ask our guests is um can you share an experience that you've had with gender euphoria
0: um we we touched on a few like after surgeries we definitely had gender euphoria and now seeing being able to look at being able to look into a mirror um which is already hard as a system but
2: like it's (laughs) it's hard as a non-system who's and so it's you know i i i feel you fam (laughs) yeah
0: like we have we'll have different issues we'll look in a mirror and we'll be like trans don't want to look like and then we'll have this we'll we'll be like we'll look in the mirror and we're like system reasons for don't want to look but not, like being able to look in a mirror now and at times be able to be like, oh, yeah, that's we feel more comfortable how we look now it has been amazing. Um, and uh, being able and then beyond that, like being able to look at our transition and how it's gone so far and uh, be able to look at our family members and be like, oh, we we look like our grandpa and we look we look like our family members we look like we we look like our brother and like it sounds like awful from for some c- certain headmates we're just like oh no we look like our family but like at the same time there's something validating about like we just look like the other men in our family or we just look like the other people in our family and we can like skirt the line on masculine and feminine presenting as we want
4: but we mm-hmm. always
0: look like we belong in our family and we look a way that we feel comfortable belonging in our family even if like there's family issues there but like for us that's that's been really course, yeah uh, that's that's been a thing that's been like really nice and surprisingly not like most most of our friends are like oh no i look like our family and i'm just sitting here like no this is showing me like i i look how i'm supposed to
2: in this family you know that's that's definitely a great way of looking at it uh is there anything that you like to make sure that folks know uh, about your perspective on gender and non-binary trans and or gender diverse issues?
0: Um. That your, gen- that your identity, your relationship to your identity, whether that's gender or sexuality, isn't ever static. Whether you're a system or not, there's always a journey and where you're at now might not be where you're, where you- that might not be your final destination. And that's totally okay. And th- that it goes for the friends that I had that have thought they're gender diverse and then end up being cis after, after trying stuff out. Like that ability to experiment and learn yourself i think is super important and that you're not just because you're like i feel this way right now doesn't mean that that's how you're stuck you know you you can always know yourself better
1: Sure, <laughs> yeah. andy we had one one little small closing question from the chat it was a while back um was wondering where can we find more of your art
0: um Instagram would probably be the place that I'm most likely to post. I've stepped away from a lot of social media just because the, the anti-trans and anti-DID rhetoric that goes around a lot of spaces was getting a little bit too much for us mentally. So we stepped away from a lot of platforms, but, um, we are, we're on Instagram. I I can't remember if it got shared. I, I know I posted it in the chat here for, for getting posted, but, um, The, my, my name on Instagram is uncensored and psychotic um, with underscores, I think Instagram uses. I don't quote me on that. I don't remember. Um, And I I will try to post more art there. That's been one of our goals, but it is a mix of system stuff, art, and, uh, and uh, awareness issues. So just a heads up to anybody who wants to follow
1: I just, I just double checked and it. You're right that it is underscores. There's something you said during, um, during the little little break that we had that I wanted to invite you all to bring into for everyone else to hear too. You said when you made your username, you were still figuring some things out. Do you feel like expanding on that a little bit?
0: So at the time we made the account, I think it was around the time we were 18, um, which is that, that period of time i had told you about we were begging therapists for help for answers to the voices we were hearing um especially because uh, one of our family members is, was diagnosed at that time with schizophrenia and we were worried that we were having schizophrenia issues that were being unaddressed and won't get into how that was brushed off but um so we were we were dealing with all of that and we were worried we were um we were being told that we were having psychosis issues uh by by professionals who had no business telling us that we were having psychosis issues, and um, so our our username uncensored and psychotic got brought up because of that because we were trying to find strength in the terms that were being used for us at the time instead of letting those get like tear us down. And we've kind of kept it for the headmate that made the accounts back then. They haven't fronted in a while, but like that's that's why we keep it. But we do yeah. want to acknowledge that um, we we don't want to use the term psychotic in a negative connotation in any way. Like that's that's not what the username was for then, and I definitely don't want people to think that those terms can be used in a negative way now. And like,
1: mm. yeah, and you, yeah, because you I mean that word use is the word.
2: Yeah, because that word has I mean it's it's used a lot in context where it shouldn't be because it has a very specific meaning, and yeah. I feel like oops. A lot of a lot of people who maybe aren't sensitive to like mental health issues or aren't aware of how it's actually used uh, kind of just use it as like a general term for whatever it is they want to, you know, you get what I'm saying. I don't want to say it out loud, but you, you can just, I'm just going to beam the words into everyone's <laughs> head and you can think them yourselves. And that's this way we don't have to give life to them by speaking them aloud.
1: Well, awesome. So if anyone wants to go check out Art and More... Um, I see some very nice, I see the painted um, fish that you were holding up at the camera earlier. Um, I love the rainbow cats in the the diamond shape that's happening. Um, I seem to remember seeing some of these in the Discord server. Some of you, I think, are posting these in the server sometimes too. Yeah,
4: I y'all think should,
2: so. you also should um, join the Discord server. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we, um, we go through periods of time where we try to do daily art, and that usually lasts about a week um but um we'll we'll do smaller projects like like the cats was a quick like 10 minute project that we were doing with with our our discord group um trying to encourage people to do art and uh I, i guess i'll use this as a small opportunity um if anybody thinks that they're a system or is a diagnosed system and they want a community that they can talk to i do run a small discord server systems um you don't have to be professionally diagnosed to join because there is a criminally under it's, an, it's under it's misunderstood and there's so few people who will even talk to you about it so i self-realization is is the first step to trying to find a official diagnosis um you can reach out to me on instagram uh, if you are interested in that discord server and um yeah it, it's just it's very small right now and i, I do want to keep it Small, but I, I do also want to let people know there's a community out there.
1: That's awesome. Um, that's great. Uh, is there is there anything else you want to make sure you mention before we wrap up our show today?
0: Um, other than that, just check out the link to the DID research um, mm-hmm. that we linked. There there's a lot of information there, um, both academic and from personal experience from systems. Um, they like to say that DID is very rare, but it's honestly a lot more common than people think, because of how because of how it starts. Um, mm. And uh, I think a lot of people would be surprised that um, that they may be in proximity to a system whether they know it or not. And uh, just to keep in mind that you know, just because they say that conditions are rare does not mean that people don't have them or that they're not around you.
2: It's a really good yeah. point. Yeah, yeah. I mean it's 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 like a lot of other things that are, you know, supposedly like quote unquote more common these days. It's just um it's we're getting better at diagnosing it and it, there's less of a stigma around it. So people are more comfortable to be open about it. So um, you know, that goes for, for DID, that goes for being trans, that goes for being on the autism spectrum, that goes for a lot of things. So um, so yeah, it doesn't it doesn't surprise me at all that it's way more common than people think it is. <laughs> uh so for we're gonna go into DIG, yes, all, everything, just <laughs> the whole checklist, just, just just, run the pen through the whole thing. So. <laughs> <laughs> so here is this week's Clouder query that you, our audience, can answer on our social media platforms. Uh,
0: what can you do in your life and your communities to help uh, plural systems feel more included and accepted?
1: Folks, you can, as mentioned, you can answer those on our socials. Um, so coming soon, next next week, there's no genderful. Um, but October 2nd, we're actually gonna be speaking with Debbie, whose pronouns are they them? Debbie is my barber that I keep I keep coming on the show and talking about how cool my barber is. And it's taken <laughs> like six. Six months or two years, time is an illusion. I don't know how long. It's been a while, but we finally got Debbie scheduled and we're gonna be talking about the science and art of trans people's hair. So if you have questions mm. about hair care, if you're trans femme or trans masked, Debbie is a master barber and has a deep special interest in hair stuff, not just the top of your head, tear on any part of your body. So Ooh. you wanna know how to make it grow more or less, or here or not there, or whatever, um, you know show up for that info dump because Debbie has a lot in their brain about hair. (laughs) It's amazing. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So, um, we'll do community updates in just a moment, but first Jennifer would like to thank all of our patrons, um, who are supporters of the show, Holly Blash, Winter Vespers, Loch Ness Gamer, Justin Baker Rojas, Sandra Mechelborg, Yaisio, Ray of Swords, Sherry Keller, Mirami hessian and trans capybara. if you all would like to join this list of wonderful supporters please check out our patreon at patreon.com forward slash gender and now um miranda has a community update let us know miranda, do. What's, what do you want to share
2: yeah so uh last week i was a guest on another podcast show so i was on uh youtuber stevie rose's show Uh, You can find the link for that on my socials. I can also post it. uh, Oh boy, I should have got the link ready before I started talking about this. But um, but yeah, uh, we did a whole interview about my trans experiences. Uh, We talked about Jennifer a lot. Uh, We also talked about all sorts of, uh, you know, interesting experiences that I've had. So definitely go check that out. You can find that on Phoebe Rose's uh, YouTube channel. I will link it in the chats. Uh, And then if you're listening to this in the future, you'll be able to see that in the show notes as well. I uh, just give me one second. I'll post that in the chats. i to find it. That's awesome. I'm prepared. So- I'm a professional podcaster, I promise.
1: Oh, we'll, we'll put it in the show notes too so folks can click on it from there. Take us out. Thank you, everyone.
3: Jennifer would like to thank our guests for being on this podcast. If you'd like to catch us live, join us on Mondays on twitch.tv forward slash JennerMeouster. Show notes will appear in the edited versions of the show on Fridays on both YouTube and podcasting platforms. If you have a question
2: you'd like the host to answer or are gender diverse and would like to request an interview, please send an email to genderfulpodcast at gmail.com or sign up via the
3: website at genderfulpodcast.com. As a gender diverse community, the clouder wants to assure our listeners that we're prepared to moderate our spaces. We will get positive and negative feedback on these shows and topics. And we have a moderation team on our channels, socials, and Discord server ready to deal with this.
2: Please join our Discord server at discord.gg forward slash to meet the community and get a regular digest of solidarity resources. You can also support us with subscriptions on Patreon, following and reviewing us on your favorite podcasting platform, or engaging with our posts and content on social media at genderfulpod and
3: at gendermeaster. It take a few minutes to rate the show we will post any five-star reviews on our socials so get creative mention a special interest of your own a project you're working on or even say hi to your comfort person in your review what power this show
2: is made possible by volunteers tips and subscriptions shout out to the folks helping us coordinate
3: guests edit the podcast moderate the live chat and post on our socials here's our artist credit dinnerful is hosted by miranda katita and Jenner Genderful's pre-show is wrangled by Juice JuiceTux. Genderful's live stream is produced by Mirami. Genderful is edited and mixed by Transgriffin and Free Range Megs. Genderful's promos and thumbnail graphic are designed by Transgriffin. Genderful's social media is managed by Keynesy. Genderful's theme song is called "Hope" by Free Range Megs, also known as Soma. The current Gendermaster logo was designed by Cyptopia. Genderful is the intellectual property of Gendermaster. All rights reserved. Trans rights are human rights, that's right.